Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Today, we're speaking with Kajal Agnani, founder and CEO of Boundless Blooms. Her company is on a mission to provide kids with fun and interactive tools that will help them bloom into confident, kind, and globally-minded individuals. Kajal shares her journey and how focusing on excellent customer service has helped her to get word of mouth that's spreading her mission and products like wildfire. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Kajal. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Ah, so good. So we're really excited to talk to you. Anything that helps um, the next generation be more kindful, 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 (laughs) kind and mindful, kind and mindful. No, I actually read that on your on your website. Is that your is that a branded term? It, you know, when I first came up with it, I thought that I had coined it, but it's actually a term that's used um, by other people, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it really just means kind and mindful together. Yeah, so you know? good. <laughs> well, I love it. So we want to hear all about you. So tell us your story. Where are you from? How'd you become the woman you are? Give it, give it all to us. Absolutely. Um, and thank you again for this opportunity. I'm, I'm excited to chat with both of you. Yay! Um, so, <laughs> so I grew up in Northern California. Um, I, you know, have a family. I'm the eldest of three girls. Um, and growing up lived with a lot of extended family, which was really a special experience. Um, I studied molecular and cell biology at the wow. University of California, Berkeley. <laughs> oh, just Whoa. an easy topic. Yes. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, I actually thought I was going to stick to the healthcare, health sciences route. Yeah. Um, and so after college, uh, I did actually work in health services research for a number of years, but eventually realized it wasn't my passion. I really just wanted to be with people and, and connect with people. Um, and so I needed to figure that out. So Uh, After a few years, again, of doing health services research, I moved to the Philippines where I worked with small business entrepreneurs in a volunteer capacity. And hands down, it was one of the best experiences of my life, Um, you know, just to to just be in a different setting and just to be exposed to that humanity and that love and um, just giving especially amongst folks who, you know, don't have that much relative to, I I guess, you know, how I I grew up. I I feel very privileged. So it was just a very special experience and a formative experience for me. Um, And after a few months of doing that, I moved back home and began to work with my dad in the family business. Mm -hmm. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. My dad recently retired, which is different for him. What was Um, the family business? So my mom is a travel agent. She's had her travel agency for, I want to say, over 36 years. Wow. Um, and my dad was actually, uh, he's a trained chemist. Um, he actually has his PhD in chemistry and then eventually switched to um, being in the hospitality industry. So really? he had a number of restaurants. 
which is really interesting. Yeah, amazing. Neat. Why that independence? Well, cooking yeah. is kind of like chemistry, yeah? <laughs> yes. It really yes, is. for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, and then about eight years ago, I moved to Southern California uh, where I got married and started business school at the University of Southern California, which is also where I got my formal introduction to mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after several years of working in the tech industry where I led operations, marketing, and customer experience teams. Um, I launched Boundless Blooms. Neat. That's awesome. And it, you worked in the tech industry. You worked at Uber, right? That's right. I did. I was there for about five years. Oh, yeah. Wow. What was that like? Uh, it was, you know, uh, it was a wake-up call for me initially, <laughs> right? Like I was, when I think about kind of the person I've always been, it's always been you know, family, relationships, friends, let me prioritize that Mm. first. And work is something that is important. And it's important for me to be passionate about what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wasn't really ready for the intensity of the work, work pace. Um, And so, you know, that was actually really like kind of a shock initially, if, yeah. if I would say so, right? Like we were doing 12 to 16 hour weekend or days plus weekends. Um, and it kind of changed. I had to rewire myself a little bit, but mm. all in all, it was an incredible experience. I think the stage at which I started the company, there was so much autonomy. There was so much, um, so much to be done yeah. um, and so much to be figured out. So it was just a really special special time um, and experience to go through. I think the level of rigor um, and I'm just really grateful for um, the people that I had a chance to work with um, and, and meet the driver partners, the the customers. Um, so overall it was, I wouldn't trade it that experience for the world. It was really incredible. Yeah. Wow. It sounds, and it sounds like it kind of really gave you a bit of like entrepreneurial spark as well when you started Boundless Blooms, obviously having Absolutely. all those different experiences. So what inspired you to actually start boundless blooms. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I come from an entrepreneurial family and I've always known that I'd want to start a business of my own. And in the summer of 2018, you know, I, I was, I'd been at Uber for, you know, almost four years. And I think I just started to brainstorm, like what would, if I were to pursue this entrepreneurial dream, Mm. what would that look like? Mm. Right. So I really just took the time to reflect on my passions and my values. And it, you know, it's just a process that I go through at every step in my career. Um, and at that time I was a relatively new mom. My son Zavi was born in 2017. And I realized that I care deeply about raising little ones to be confident, compassionate, and resilient human beings who feel connected to the world around them. Mm. And, you know, I'm constantly looking for educational and development products for Zavi as well as my nieces and nephews. And Zavi, and your son. Zavi's your my son. son. Yeah. Yes, okay. Zavi's my son. Yep. And when I couldn't find exactly what I was looking for, I decided to create a company that offers fun and inter- interactive tools to cultivate those skills. Um, so I left my job at Uber at the beginning of last year and have been pursuing my entrepreneurial dream ever since. That's oh, so awesome. That's a story you kind of hear a lot of times that there was a, a need that you had that wasn't being met and then you went and created it yourself. Yes, absolutely. Why do you think that teaching mindfulness is such an important thing that you wanted Zavi 
to have and for other kids to be learning? Yeah, I I think, you know, first it's helpful to define what mindfulness mindfulness is. So mm-hmm. simply put, mindfulness is noticing what's happening right now, right? It's the act of being fully present and engaged um, in the moment with awareness of your thoughts, your feelings, your body sensations, your environment without getting caught up in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to do, right? Like our brains are wired to just constantly be thinking and planning and doing and that's really hard to do Mm. but the important thing is that by practicing mindfulness we can train our minds to have that moment-to-moment awareness free from the distractions or judgments of what may have happened in the past what may happen in the future and even if we can experience that for a couple of moments it's Mm. really really important and impactful Um, and I believe that all children should know how to tune into the present moment to um, hone their self-awareness and to be able to tap into their unique strengths. Kids are actually born inherently present. Mm. You know, if you've spent time with a baby, you notice that they're very, very present. And so we're all born with this inherent capacity. Mm. It's more that we kind of lose touch of it. So how can we continue to cultivate that? Um, And so the products that I'm designing are designed to help kids develop and kind of foster and cultivate those skills. And, you know, as I mentioned, I, I am a researcher by training. Mm. And so a lot of, a lot of my work is rooted in research and I've come across some really interesting neuroscientific research that makes me feel even more strongly about the importance of introducing mindfulness to kids at a young age. Um, For starters, younger brains are more impressionable. Mm. Um, And while brains evolve and change throughout a person's lifetime, there are certain periods of development in which a person's brain will more easily change and adapt as a result of the experiences that they have. And these periods, you know, they tend to be earlier in life, um, during early childhood and up until puberty. So introducing children to mindfulness practices early can increase the likelihood that they form and reorganize synaptic connections that positively influence their brains. Um, Also, gray matter matters, right? So Mm. research has shown that practicing mindfulness can increase the amount of gray matter in the hippocampus, which is a region in the brain that is associated with memory and emotion. Mm -hmm. And when kids practice mindfulness, they learn how to pay attention in a sustained way Um, and can be empowered to make choices around when and where they focus their attention, right? And cultivating this practice in kids at a young age, just based on my experience as an adult, like will no doubt have a super positive long-term impact on their minds as they become adults. Um, You know what? I just, I hate to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I just had an aside just because you sparked something. So I was just Mm -hmm. talking to someone, literally just talking to someone while we were having lunch. um, And he, you know, he has a program where he's dealing with trauma and like the the lifelong effort of healing from your trauma and things like that. And his theory based on the things that he's read is that your emotional stability um, is all built within the first seven years of your life really yeah wow is that connected to what you're doing or have you what have you read about that because you're talking about how we process things and and childhood you know what what is your thought yeah I mean I haven't heard about that first seven years of your life I haven't heard about that but most of the research I've seen like again 
the mindfulness research on children is more in its nascent phases. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I shared with you is really what I've come to learn so far of what the research shows with mindfulness and and the practice in kids. Um, However, the the research with adults and, and the practice of mindfulness amongst other um, other things is is much more strong, but you know I, I do believe that I, I think that our you know first several years of early um, childhood mm. are really really formative, right? And I think whether we're aware of it then or not, even as adults, I think we have to do a lot of like deep digging sometimes to really understand and reflect on those experiences. But I think his his theory and what he shared with you, you know. Makes a lot of sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So one of the things that I really worry about with the next generation, you know, like as a mom myself, um, is compassion and empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there are all kinds of studies you read all the time about people, um, human beings, their brains forming differently when they're in front of a screen all the time and have social media from a young age and all of that stuff. And like the lack of like, you know, unstructured playtime with other humans, how it might affect them and how, you know, and I'm, I think to me, mindfulness has always been, um, you know, this, this practice that increases awareness, but also, also compassion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your theories on that with children? Yes, I absolutely agree. I think so. A lot of what I, I'd say, like with with the mindfulness practice, I think when you start investigating what's happening within yourself, right, mm-hmm. you start developing this understanding and awareness and compassion for yourself as well as others. Yeah. Um, so it's not a. It's not a. Um, it's not a just like mindfulness isn't a pro- one of those things where it's like, I'm just going to do this for me. Right. And, yeah. and maybe you will, but the benefits actually impact everybody. And so, especially the way I've, you know, d- the way I think about mindfulness for kids and products, I think when people think about meditation and mindfulness, they say, you know, it's like, you have to be kind of silent and still. I actually think that we should encourage kids to continue to play and interact Mm. and engage because it creates this opportunity for them to contrast Mm. with, you know, when I'm focused on my breath and when I'm still versus when I'm moving, how does it feel in my body? What am I noticing? And when they start having this heightened awareness about their themselves, they can draw that out into a situation where maybe, you know, they're really emotional and they're feeling that anger or that, um, sadness in their bodies and in different ways. And as they start noticing that, they can start accepting it and kind of being with it without mm. trying to change it. That's that's the goal, right? Like, let's just right. understand what we're feeling yeah. and be present with it. And yeah. when you can start recognizing it in that way, you can also create this space for, I'm human and I'm you know, humans feel these emotions. That's part of the human experience. Right. As you start developing this compassion for yourself, but you're also able to, when you see that and see someone experiencing those emotions, you can have compassion for them as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The other thing too is like, 
when you become a more mindful person or if you're raised to be a more mindful person, it's part of your natural habits, right, as Mm -hmm. a human, Mm -hmm. um, more mindful communication and mindful connections with other human will naturally form because, like, when you're having a conversation, you're really listening and connecting and looking for threads of common ground and all of that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So cool. So obviously the the kids are your customers, but who are your actual customers? Who hires you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you target parents? Is this B2B? Are you going into schools? What was your business plan and has it changed at all? Yeah. So, you know, you're absolutely right. I launched Boundless Blooms to develop products for kids. So my primary customer um, tends to be kids. However, the people with the purchasing power are (laughs) parents and caregivers. Yeah. Um, And these caregivers... You know, initially I was thinking more grandparents and aunts and uncles. However, um, you know, as I started to kind of flesh out my business plan, um, one of the things that was super important to me was like community impact and giving back to the community and and serving the community in whatever way I could, right? And so um, through that, I started connecting with nonprofits that I'd worked with before, and they actually connected me with educators and teachers. And so now I've kind of expanded that group of caregivers um, to include teachers and healthcare practitioners practitioners as well, just kind of based on my customer feedback and interactions. So um, your question about my initial approach, you know, initial approach was how do I target parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles um, and kind of sell the product to them. But on the flip side, it's also how do I, um, especially during this period with with COVID um, and the pandemic, it's, I think it's very important for social, emotional learning to be a part of curriculum within schools. Yeah. And mm. so my partnerships with some of these schools has really um, expanded in that, you know, in talking to them, I recognize that now they're doing remote learning and that comes with a whole additional slew of challenges, right? And while Many of them, you know, have their sets of mindful moments that where they'll pull out their cards and, and do these classes or, you know, kind of do the activities and read the affirmation cards virtually. Um, I also recognize that, you know, there might be budget constraints. And so in addition to offering discounts to educators, I've also developed a free virtual toolkit that educators can use in their classrooms because I just think it's very important to make sure that we're supporting and empowering our teachers and students with these tools so that they can help um, self-regulate and kind of, you know, find some stillness and calm, especially in this world where there's just so much chaos and uncertainty and um, a lot of, you know, a lot of hardship and pain right now. Yeah. Yeah. We've started to see yoga, um, work its way into public schools in America, which I think is really interesting. Mm. There are different groups yeah. starting those initiatives. That's I, awesome. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. how just focusing on the breath can... Pranayama. You know, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, it's yes. just like life, like game-changing, isn't it, for mm. your emotional state, as you described. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think yoga helps to teach that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yoga and mindfulness. I mean, my son's preschool, they started with with yoga too, right? And so it starts at a young age and it's really incredible to your point that um, that 
educators are recognizing that tools like yoga and mindfulness can really have a profound impact on a child's experience. And there's so many different ways to do it. Um, and I think that it's really incredible how many resources are out there. And um, what's been really cool for me is understanding that while there are a lot of tools that exist there, out there and there are a lot of schools that are incorporating this into their program. There are also a lot of schools that aren't, right? So being yeah. able to support educators in that way um, and to be able to partner with them and talk to them about what other resources might be helpful for them um, has just been so fulfilling for me to be able to collaborate in that way. So where did you study mindfulness or how did you prepare yourself to start this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so when I was in grad school, my marketing professor who, you know, had been studying and teaching mindfulness for, I want to say decades, um, actually shared that he was about to start that program and build out a program at the University of Southern California. And, you know, he kind of put it out there that I'm starting this class. If anyone's interesting, interested, let me know. And I, of course, raised my hand. Um, and it was just a really great opportunity to get that foundational sort of training and learning uh, around mindfulness. And it came to you. How lucky. <laughs> How yes. good. Serendipitous yes. moment in life. What did that it training was... look like just out of curiosity? Um, so it was more um, just talking about like the history, the, the you know, kind of okay. the frameworks, the thinking, and then also doing those practices and, and yeah. incorporating those practices into day-to-day -day life. So it was really um, kind of the, the theory, the context, Philosophies. and also the practice. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Ah. So one of the things I love about Boundless Blooms um, is that one of the things that's really helped your business to grow is that you focus a lot on kind of customer service. And I'd just love to know more about how you um, cultivate that and how that has actually helped your business. Yes. What's your philosophy stage? there? Yes, absolutely. So one of my absolute favorite things about being an entrepreneur has been the connections that I've developed with people and communicate communities across the globe. Um, again, you know, I've shared that I come from an entrepreneurial family and so, and both my parents are, you know, have experience in the service sector. So at a very, very young age, I learned the importance of customer service and the, how going above and beyond can make such a difference, right? Like what your customers think about you matters, mm. how you treat your customers matters, mm. going above and beyond to make the customer experience special matters. And while my company is still fairly young, I've I've noticed how being really thoughtful about how customers engage with my brand and products creates a delightful experience that makes customers want to share. Yeah. Um, and word of mouth is in, so incredibly important when you're trying to build trust in your brand, especially when it comes to kids' products. Um, and I'd also say that by developing these relationships with customers, I've been able to get really great feedback and learn more about how they use the products. For example, um, you know, a healthcare practitioner actually reached out to, sh to me to share that she uses the Mindful Moments card deck with adult psych patients. And huh. you know, this is a use case that I had never even thought about. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't even have known had I not had this exchange with her. Um, so I, I think it's incredibly important. I think it's, it's also just cool to learn things about your products that you, you didn't know. 
Um, so it's fun. Yeah. And it it's the reason why, again, it's the reason why people are, are why I started this company. And yeah. so to be able to connect with them, it just helps kind of reinforce that I'm on the right path. Absolutely. There's, it, there's a kind of, I don't think, I guess, old school thought that you just like, like this whole build it and they will come philosophy of having a product and then just pushing it out and then sitting and waiting for orders to come in. But actually what you're, you've done so well is having that relationship, asking those questions and mm. finding out how you can make your product work better in certain areas. And I think that's a takeaway that a lot of listeners could actually implement in their own businesses is don't be afraid to ask people how they're using your products and services and, and how it can serve them better. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think listening to customers is huge. Um, and again, I think you know, sometimes you may get that feedback that you don't want to hear, right? Mm-hmm. But but always remember that it's in service of making you better, helping you to improve the customer experience, helping you to, to, to grow and develop your company in a way that really resonates with folks. Um, and so I just, you know, there's several different ways where you can listen and gather that feedback, um, especially depending on the size and stage of the company, of your company. Um, and so there are, you know, so many different ways you can go about it. I'm a one-person show, right? And so, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm fairly nascent. Um, and so I know that I can really benefit from direct feedback. And um, so my approach is generally extremely high touch. I'm monitoring social media channels and email inbound and directly interacting with customers to ask them questions, get their feedback, sometimes even schedule phone calls to further deep dive. Um, and again, I think it has to make sense for, for where you are in your organization, mm. but whether you're a small company or a very large company, um, having those mechanisms in place is extremely important. Yeah, definitely. How do you actually define like what a good customer service is? Is that like customers always right or <laughs> what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I think, you know, I think it really just comes down to your why and your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I think that makes a, a world of a difference um, and really serves as your North Star and guides can guide that decision-making process. Um, I grew up in a household where it was customer, the customer's always right, right? Um, and that philosophy may resonate for some brands uh, and companies. It may not resonate for others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most importantly, it's, you know, being auth- honest and authentic um, with, with who you are, right? Cus- consumers are really savvy. They're yeah. looking to make conscious pur- purchasing decisions and I've noticed that, you know, when brands are dishonest or their actions and their words don't jive, customers see right through that. Yeah. So at the very, you know, I think it's just very important for brands that want to be successful to operate in a way that's honest and authentic to themselves. And um, when you apply that lens to your overall customer experience, how you communicate, how you troubleshoot issues, um, you know, the organizations you choose to align yourself or not align yourself with, like the importance really is to be consistent across the board. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. What are your um, aims for Boundless Blooms? How do you see yeah, it Yeah. What's next? What's next? Um, you know, I, I've, I've been really thinking a lot about this. Um, and I think 
when it comes down to it, I'm just looking to create and spread goodness in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to continue to create beautiful, conscious, and meaningful products that positively influence the next generation. And I really want to do it in a way that uplifts and inspires people. Um, So that includes continuing to partner with these nonprofit organizations to make products available to kids in lower income and underserved communities. Um, And so I'm constantly kind of like brainstorming and thinking about ways um, to do this. And I think, again, going back to working with the customers, working with educators, hearing that feedback, um, you know, it's kind of taking all of these inputs in, but really just um, in service of this greater mission of just doing good, doing more good to empower kids, to empower families, um, and really help, you know, raise the next generation of confident, compassionate, and resilient human beings. That's That's a pretty good aim. (laughs) (laughs) For people listening, where where can we find, um, your products? How do we find you? Yes. How do they connect? Everything. Yes, of course. I'm happy to connect with everyone and anyone. Um, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Bloom Kindfully. Um, and then Aww. my website is www.boundlessblooms.world. Um, again, I'm happy to chat about anything customer service related. If you have anything mindfulness related or just want to connect with someone who's kind of going through their entrepreneurial journey, I am, I'm here for it. So um, please don't hesitate to reach out. That's awesome. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for Thank coming Thank you on. so much, Kajal. We really appreciate Thank it. You. So good to meet you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Nat and Sylvie. It's been an absolute pleasure. chat soon bye bye this podcast was brought to you by invoice to go we're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe we're helping close the gender-based pay gap because the current u.s pay gap sits at around 19 percent listeners of the female founders network podcast get exactly 19 percent off of any subscription just enter the code empower women at checkout